Lecture topic: 28th Ramadan, Zohar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmadu wa nusalli ala Rasulil Kareem. Allah Baad. We had just commenced the reading of this kitab, the four actions to acquire the friendship of Allah Taala. Hazrat Maulana Shahkim Awad Akhtasab Rahmatullah Alayhi. So we had covered the first and the second action. So now the third action is what is being discussed. The third action is the protection of the gaze. Hazrat writes that in this time and age there is great neglect in this regard. Many people do not even regard the casting of lustful glances as a sin. Whereas Allah Ta'ala has given the command of protecting the gaze in the Qur'an Sharif. Sometimes these statements might seem a bit surprising to us that some people don't even regard it as a sin, let alone just some primary level of casting haram glances. Sometimes when things come up, and somebody is complaining that the husband is looking at all kinds of filth and on top of that he says he doesn't think anything is wrong with it because he's not physically involved in anything. Then we realize how deep this problem is and these statements of these great personalities, how true they are. That they had their hand on the pulse, the finger on the pulse and they read what's the problem of the Ummah. That many people unfortunately don't even regard it as a sin. But as Allah Ta'ala has given the command of protecting the gaze in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, min absarihim. Say, O Nabi of Allah, to the believers that they should lower their gazes. This refers to not looking at non-mahram woman, a woman whom one is permitted to marry. Likewise, they should not gaze at beardless youth. In fact, even if a youngster's beard has grown to some extent, but one still finds the heart somewhat inclined to look at him, then it is haram to look at him. The crux of the matter is that any such face which one derives haram pleasure from gazing at, it is haram to look at such a face. The protection of the gaze is such an important aspect Allah Ta'ala has separately commanded the woman to also guard their gazes. Allah Ta'ala says, وَقُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُدْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنْ And say to the believing woman that they should lower their gazes. In the Qur'an Sharif, there's numerous places that Allah Ta'ala has commanded the fulfillment of salah, the payment of zakat, various other commands repeatedly in the Qur'an Sharif. But it is one command for everybody. And as mentioned previously, that there is a difference in the Arabic language in addressing the male gender and the female gender. But in the Quran Sharif, the one gender which is the male gender is used for the address. But side by side, this includes everyone, includes a woman as well. But when it comes to the command of lowering the gaze, Allah Ta'ala addresses the males first in the male gender. And then separately, Say to the believing woman that they should lower their gazes. Perhaps somebody would have found some 
loophole to say this ayat, the first ayat, this is addressing the believing men, Qulil Mu'mineen, so I am not included here. So Allah Ta'ala separately addressed the believing woman as well. This aspect, the same thing that was discussed now that explains, this aspect is unlike the commands of Salah, fasting and other injunctions, wherein the women have not been given an independent command. Rather the males have been addressed and the women have been included in these commands on the basis of being included along with the men. In the narration of Bukhari Sharif, it is reported that Rasulullah said, Zina al-Aini al-Nadr Casting lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes. One who casts lustful glances and is indulging in fornication cannot even dream of becoming a wali of Allah Ta'ala until he, unless he sincerely repents from his evil. So the title of this very book is Four Actions Require the Friendship of Allah Ta'ala and as we have been discussing over the days that this is what we have to try and aspire for, work towards. Because Allah Ta'ala has extended His hand of friendship repeatedly in the Qur'an Sharif, figuratively speaking, that Allah Ta'ala gives the command, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullah O you who believe, ittaqullah, adopt taqwa for Allah Ta'ala. So now this is a repeated ayat in the Qur'an Sharif, many many places. And then, various aspects are then mentioned, different things in different places. But this ittaqullah, together with the ayat where Allah Ta'ala says, in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only the muttaqeen. So Allah Ta'ala has declared His friends are the muttaqeen. And over and over again Allah Ta'ala is saying, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu ittaqullah. O you who believe, ittaqullah. Adopt taqwa for Allah. So what is Allah Ta'ala saying to us? Become my friend. So Allah's friends are the muttaqeen. Allah is saying, adopt taqwa. So this is the, from the side of Allah Ta'ala, Allah is extending this call to friendship with Him. Now therefore, we have to respond to this. That yes, we want to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. And the path to acquiring the friendship of Allah Ta'ala is only the path of taqwa. There is no other path because Allah Himself has declared this. In awliya'uhu illal muttaqoon. So now when this is the case, so a person who is indulging in these kind of sins, then where is this going to be able to allow him to gain this friendship of Allah Ta'ala? A person involved in zina, zina of the eyes, where he will get close to this. So therefore this is the need to make sincere tawbah. In another narration, Rasulullah Sallallahu is reported to have said, لَعَنَ اللَّهُ النَّازِرَ وَالْمَنْزُورَ إِلَيْهِ May the curse of Allah be upon the one who casts lustful glances as well as the one who emerges in such a manner that lustful glances are cast at her. In this hadith, Rasulullah has cursed both the person who casts lustful glances as well as the one who is gazed at due to not adopting the hijab. Those who fear the curse of the awliya and pious people should fear the curse of Rasulullah Since piety is acquired in becoming the true slaves of Rasulullah This happens many times. 
పీపుల్ ఆయన వెరీ వెరీ సివియర్ ఎంజైటీ వెరీ వారిడ్ వెరీ కన్సర్న్ ఆల్మోస్ట్ ఓవర్వెల్మ్డ్ వాట్ హ్యాపన్ దేర్ వాస్ సమ్ ఇష్యూ మై మదర్ కర్స్ట్ మీ ఫాదర్ కర్స్ట్ మీ దిస్ ఇస్ నాట్ రైట్ ఇట్ షుడ్ బి డన్ కర్సింగ్ సంబడి లానత్ మీన్స్ అల్ ఇబ్ఆద్ అండ్ రహ్మతుల్లా that we are saying this person must be distanced from the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala wants to show his rahmat on everyone and we should be making an effort to bring everybody into the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. By making an effort to bring people towards the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, bring people towards salah, bring people towards the righteous actions, bring people out of the sins and evils and vices. We have to make an effort for ourselves. to make an effort upon others as well so we are supposed to be doing what brings people into the rahmat of allah taala and cursing somebody making laanat on someone is to say that this person must not be in the rahmat of allah taala this is opposite then this is a very dangerous thing at the same time dangerous in the sense that in the hadith sharif it is mentioned when a person invokes a curse on anybody he makes laanat on anyone It's a very dangerous thing, very serious thing. That Lanat, it goes up. And when it goes up, it finds no way to get to the heavens. Because the doors to the heavens are closed to it. So then eventually it goes towards the person who was cursed. But if that person is not deserving of the curse, it then rebounds on the one who... made that lanat now many a times people unfortunately sometimes have this that it becomes a habit on every other thing they are cursing people so many of those curses perhaps maybe all maybe most end up rebounding on the person who because this becomes a habit so he's just cursing anyone and everyone every now and then he's cursing somebody and many a time or most of the time maybe even all the time that he did it the person wasn't deserving of it so where is that going to finish off and finish off on himself and then now we are looking for the reason for the problem the problem is that we ourselves are bringing the problem <coughs> then it comes that person sometimes people in their fit of anger they end up cursing their own things they end up cursing their own children and then if this curse falls then who's going to suffer the problem the own the person himself so this is a very bad habit or something terrible to do one should totally refrain from this but now nevertheless coming back to the point that was being discussed here the person now somebody said something the parents said something people can't sleep they lose their sleep they lose their appetite they can't eat why because of the fear now that this curse now that's the curse of some parents which should be obviously avoided parents should avoid making such curses children should avoid conducting themselves in such a way that they create this or provoke this uh dislike etc in the hearts of parents but nevertheless when we are so concerned about the curse of people around us what about the curse of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah's Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam has mentioned this and he has said la'anallahu an-nazira wal manzura ilayhi 
May the curse of Allah be upon the one who cast lustful glances as well as the one who was was seen because of not having been taking the caution and the adopting the proper parda etc. So we should be very very concerned about this. Many a times we wonder well, what's going wrong. Why is the heart so dead? How come this heart is gone so dead? Can't just seem to get going in anything in deen. There's no drive, there's no enthusiasm. To wake up for Fajr Salah is such a major challenge to be able to make tilawat of the Quran Sharif very difficult. Likewise other amal, but to do things which are futile and to while away hours in all kinds of futile things. Allah forbid from haram, we don't find any difficulty in falling in that haram and that futile things go on and on. Person says, no, no, I spent two hours what, doing what? Reading news, this side and that side. And so after all the two hours of news, what was, what was the sum total of it? What was achieved? The two hours of news, what was achieved was nothing. What he needed to know perhaps, if there was some importance in knowing it, was something that could have been known in three minutes. That was the sum total of what really probably was something worth the while. Worth the while or maybe of some importance some way. The rest of that two hours, just wild away. But that became very easy. That time that was wasted, that was very easy. But ten minutes for tilawat of the Quran Sharif, very difficult. Now, why is this the position? How come this heart is so dead? So there are many many things that result in that heart becoming hardened and the spirit of the heart being killed off. But more than anything else, Generally it is, this haram, glances, looking at haram, this kills off that spirit of the heart. It kills off that drive for deen. It extinguishes that noor that had settled due to amal, and which was now bringing in some kind of enthusiasm, some zeal to do amal. Now those are something that is so major, so dangerous that it kills off the spirit of the heart, it deadens the heart, it extinguishes that noor of the heart. So obviously this is not a minor thing, it's a very, very major problem. And this is the mujahada of the time. In previous days, as we discussed, people used to go through some very strenuous mujahada. They used to go through the mashayas and they used to be put through the paces through some very, very strenuous mujahada. Neither do we have the time for those things now. And if we had the time, we don't have the capacity for it also. But in this time and age, this is our mujahada. And if we undertake this mujahada, and are steadfast on making this mujahada, and as mentioned, that this is not something that will happen just by, well, thoughts that find this is what I'm going to do, it's going to require that mujahada. It's going to feel like sometimes that that heart will shatter. But that's the time now that the person, he says, come what may, if the heart shatters, it shatters for Allah Ta'ala. But I'm not going to shatter Allah Ta'ala's command. I'm not going to break Allah Ta'ala's command. And that's the heart wherein that true muhabbat of Allah settles. And that sweetness of Iman settles. And that connection of Allah Ta'ala happens with that broken heart. 
Obviously not the person who's broken his heart for haram. Many people are broken hearted because that haram didn't come through. One person, one day came, young person from somewhere, wherever, and very, very down and very depressed. And then he started off with one long story. The sum total of the whole thing was he came to ask, please make dua, what was the problem? Problem was now his girlfriend stopped talking to him. <laughs> He's asking for dua. This is the depth and the how low things can come. That one is the indulgence in the haram, then the consciousness of that has died to such an extent. And then on top of that, that embarrassment and shame is gone also. And then a person, Nauzubillah, is asking for dua so that Nauzubillah, the haram can continue. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But this becomes the result of the indulgence in haram. When a person persists in it, he goes deeper and deeper, then he reaches this level. That can we imagine what, it, what the reality was, but it never occurred to him until it was spelled out to him. Then he got a shock. But it just escaped the mind that what is he asking? Nauzubillah, he is asking, please make dua that I can continue haram. Now, this might be a very dramatic situation, a very dramatic case. But if we look deep down in our own hearts, Allah forbid we might find some things like this also. That we are hoping that this haram continues. Maybe we are not asking somebody to make dua. Maybe we are not making dua for it too. But we are hoping this doesn't get disrupted in some way. Hoping this doesn't become a, any barrier come in between. Can we imagine how dangerous this becomes now? How serious this becomes? That one is to be indulging in haram which is obviously a disaster very great tragedy, it is defying Allah Ta'ala, it is tempting Allah Ta'ala's law and then on top of that, hoping and wishing that this mustn't stop where has that gone to? so now this is the point that we were talking about that the lanat this lanat mahun nazir, Nabi Salaam's curse the effect of it falls on the heart and the heart becomes desensitized as a result of this and a person now goes in, goes on and on, doesn't think twice but then so many things start toppling in his life and he can't seem to find where is the root of it, the root is sometimes right in front of us so this is a very very delicate matter and especially the issue of the curse we are talking about we should not be cursing anybody and must make Tawbah from this. So those who fear the curse of the awliya and pious people should fear the curse of Rasulullah since piety is acquired in becoming true slaves of Rasulullah Therefore, if an accidental gaze falls upon a beautiful face, turn the gaze away immediately. Do not allow the gaze to remain on that face even for one moment. It is clearly understood from the verses of the Qur'an Sharif and the Ahadith that the one who casts lustful glances has been given the following three titles. 
meaning three evil titles. Number one, disobedient to Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Number two, fornicator of the eyes. Number three, accursed. If one is addressed with any of these titles, one will be extremely hurt and offended. Thus, if one wishes to remain safe from these titles, these evil titles, it is necessary to guard the gaze. Some people object and say, what have we done? We did not, did not take anything or do anything to anybody. All we have done is cast a glance. These Malvis needlessly frighten us. So it says, nay, the Malvis are not frightening you. Allah Ta'ala it is Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prohibiting you. The Malvis do not make any mas'ala, law of deen. They merely explain the laws of deen. Are the verses of the Quran Sharif and the Ahadith presented above the sayings of any Malvi? Furthermore, I say to such people who claim that they have taken nothing and done nothing, but only cast a glance, that if your casting a glance is such an insignificant act, then why are you casting these glances? Simply forsake them. Thus it is obvious that they are taking something and doing something when casting lustful glances. What they are taking and doing is actually deriving haram pleasure which they import into their hearts. As a result, their hearts become ruined. When one casts lustful glances, one becomes distanced away from Allah Ta'ala to such an extent that is one that one is not distanced away so far in other sins. The qibla of the heart completely changes. The qibla of the heart is meant to be Allah Ta'ala. The heart should be focused towards Allah Ta'ala. Now when a person looked in some direction, looked at somebody and now he is now focusing in that direction. So now the heart turns around so to say. And instead of being focused towards Allah Ta'ala because Sin and vice is on the opposite end of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is in one direction and the sin and vice is in the totally opposite direction. Now the heart was meant to be focused in the direction of Allah Ta'ala, the direction of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. It's now taken a 180 degree turn. So now it's focusing in a totally opposite direction. Now where is going to get close to Allah Ta'ala? This heart is going to be filled with darkness and zulmat. When one casts lustful glances, one becomes distanced away from Allah Ta'ala to such an extent that one is not distanced away so far in other sins. The qibla of the heart completely changes. The heart that was directed towards Allah Ta'ala turns 180 degrees away towards the person one had glanced at. It is as if the heart has turned around completely to face the object of the lustful glance and has turned its back, so to say, to Allah Ta'ala. Hence when the person is performing Salah, reciting the Quran Sharif or anything else, that face is still in front of him. When in solitude also, the mind is still engrossed in that same beauty that he focused on. Now instead of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the remembrance of that person is in the heart. The heart is not subjected to such destruction by means of any other sin. The heart is not subjected to such destruction by means of any other sin. This is not a minor statement. 
and this is not the statement of some novice somebody who was just newly just graduated from somewhere Hazrat wrote this kitab when he was in his late 70s he was in his late 70s when this kitab was prepared or perhaps already close maybe he had already moved into his 80s Allah Allah, I can't remember exactly but definitely the minimum was he was in his late 70s and at that time he mentioned this is my lifetime of experience that I am now condensing into this and this is the shortcut to Vilayat in the light of the experience of this whole life of, that has passed in this field and a personality who was soaked in this and who dealt with thousands of people's issues so now his statement is that the heart is not subjected to such destruction by means of any other sin for instance a person has missed his salah or he has spoken a lie or he has harmed somebody his heart will turn away from Allah Ta'ala but to a lesser extent he will repent and seek forgiveness from those he had harmed and inshallah his heart will once again be directed towards Allah Ta'ala because he himself feels some regret and remorse about it to some extent but when a person gets caught up in this he just goes deeper and deeper however he will repent and seek forgiveness on the contrary the sin of casting lustful glances is such that a person becomes completely unmindful of Allah Ta'ala and the love of the one he has gazed at settles in his heart as a result some people even lost their iman at the time of death there are incidents mentioned in this regard that people got caught up in this haram love and they got so deep because of this haram glances they got caught up in that haram love and now that got deeper and deeper and then the time of moth came so now at the time of moth people started making talqeen of the kalima so now instead of taking the talqeen and reciting the kalima the person started remembering that haram beloved and singing the praises of that haram beloved and passed away in that <coughs> can we imagine what a terrible situation this is and how dangerous Allah Ta'ala declares in a hadith Qudsi إِنَّ النَّظَرَ سَهْمٌ مِّن سِحَامِ إِبْلِيسَ مَسْمُومٌ مَنْ تَرَكَهَا مَخَافَتِي أَبْدَلْتُهُ إِيمَانًا يَجِدُ حَلَاوَتَهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ Verily the evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan the one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala I will give him in return such iman the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart as mentioned that this sometimes may result in the heart breaking that he is protecting that gaze from looking at haram because Allah Ta'ala has created insan with certain feelings with certain inborn desires so that wishes some kind of expression but there is a halal avenue for its expression and there is a haram now the person who protects himself from the haram now because this is part of the nature of insan it sometimes seems like that heart might break now anything that breaks, that tears it has something to mend it if paper tears then it's 
joined together with some tape, some glue. If there is a tear in fabric, then there is needle and thread. There is some thread that mends it again. If some the wall broke, then something will be, it will be put together with cement again. So everything has something to mend it when it breaks. When the heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, when the heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala mends that heart. Allah Ta'ala mends it with what? With the sweetness of Iman. Allah Ta'ala mends that heart with His Muhabbat. So Subhanallah, this is the example of that you should give sometimes that it is like throwing away a dirty stone and being given the most precious jewel in return. So now, what, what did he really exchange? He threw away filth. It's not that he gave anything. He gave away what was harmful. He gave away what was destructive. He gave away which was going to destroy his heart and destroy his whole deen and akhirat. And then in the, result, in the wake of it, his dunya gets destroyed too. So what he gave was of no benefit to him, rather extreme harm to him. But what he got in return, way in dunya anything like this, any exchange of this nature ever happens. That a person gives something which is worthless and he gets something priceless in return. Here forget worthless, something destructive. He's forsaking something destructive and Allah Ta'ala is giving him something priceless in return. So now this requires that we make tawbah from whatever might have passed and we now become very very firm on this that inshallah we will protect the gaze. In other words he will physically acquire the sweetness of iman which will be present in his heart. Yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi the hadith sharif the meaning of which was that the evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan the one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear I will give him in return such iman the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart what this means is that he will physically acquire the sweetness of iman which will be present in his heart this is not some world of fantasy or imagination it is the revelation of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala has not instructed us to merely imagine that the sweetness of Iman has entered the heart. Rather He has declared the word Yajid which means that He will physically experience the taste and find it present in the heart. Dear friends, practice on this prescription of abstaining from lustful glances and see the effects for yourself. The heart will experience such sweetness of Iman that as a result the value for the kingdoms of the seven continents will perish from one's heart. Everybody aspires for something. We aspire for things that we find some pleasure in. Or we imagine that there might be some pleasure in it. The halal pleasures, so we sometimes have tasted some halal pleasure of some sort, now we want more of it one more of it. Now that also is not a suitable thing that a person makes that his focus of life. What Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, enjoy it, make shukar. But that is not something to make the focus of life that I must have this and I must have that and now I have this but I must upgrade it to something further and somebody else has something so I must also have it. That is a lack of contentment and that will never finish. That itself becomes a source of misery. 
When a person doesn't have contentment, that person can never be satisfied. And a person who's not satisfied can never be happy. Happiness will then be a distant thing. It'll just be momentary things. I got something new. So you got a burst of some little bit of thrill for a while. But by the next day already that thing is dying off. Because it's all artificial. And artificial things can't give anything real. Allah forbid the person who is now on that some drug. So now he's looking for something, but for how long is it going to last? It's going to take him on some high for a few moments, and then it'll drop him down further than where he was. He'll be in a deeper hole. Now to try to get out of that, he tried something else. So that took him on a small joyride for a few moments, and then it dropped him even further down. So anything haram, shaitan makes it look very attractive from the outside. Shaitan makes it look very, very appealing. It makes it look like there's a lot of fun and excitement in it. But like that example of that flower, that the appearance of it, some mountainous flowers, is very, very attractive. If a person doesn't know what this flower is all about, it will be like almost like spontaneous, that he'll want to now feel it, that he'll want to go and smell his fragrance, that he'll want to touch it. But as soon as he even touches it, it's so poisonous, they say the poison will immediately go through the pores. Not something he has to end up chewing. Merely through the pores, the poison will already go into him. And people have died like this. Now, so attractive, but so poisonous. This is what shaitan makes sin look like. He makes it look very, very attractive. زَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ Shaitan adorns and beautifies the evil actions. This Tazeenu Shaitan. So he adorns it from the outside, he puts this glamorous appearance on it. That it is very exciting. But once a person steps past that, then it's the disaster. Then it is that misery and pain and disaster. So the thing is to stay far away from it. In the Quran Sharif, wherever there's the aspect and discussion of sins, then the theme of the Quran Sharif is, though this doesn't appear at every instance, but this is the theme of the Quran Sharif, La Taqrabu. In the matter of zina, Wala Taqrabu zina. Don't get close to it. Wala Taqrabu Maal al Illa Billati Hiya Ahsan. Especially those areas where it is very easy to slip into it if he gets close to it. That has been specifically highlighted in this manner. A person gets close to the avenues of zina, Allah forbid, he'll fall in it. And likewise now he has the wealth of yatim in his possession. So now it's very easy to misuse it. Because he has control over it. He has access to it. So Allah Ta'ala says, Wala taqrabu. Don't even approach this wealth in a way that you are going to misuse it, abuse it, that now this often now what he knows, well we'll sort it out later, no no it's amanat, don't touch it, don't touch it in a way that is not valid and not permissible, not allowed, you're using it for the benefit of the child, to see to his needs, that's within the limit, and beyond that, so now because there's so easy access to it now, the person who's the guardian of that wealth, the person who is, now, the guardian of the child, so now he has access to it. So now because this has become so, such a delicate matter, and it's so, so easy to fall in, 
So here Allah Ta'ala doesn't just say don't do it, don't misuse it, don't abuse it. Allah Ta'ala says don't even come close to it. وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا مَعَلَ الْيَتِيمِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَ Likewise is the aspect of zina. That this is not a matter of, oh no, my heart is very clean. I don't have all these problems of this talk about. I don't know what they are talking about. So now in the workplace, whereas person is freely intermingling and interacting with non-mahrams and here, there and everywhere and the sweetness with which he doesn't speak at home he's talking elsewhere and then he's, that's the only time he remembered Tribul Kalam he must talk in gentle tones and must talk sweetly the place where it was haram to talk sweetly there he remembered where he was supposed to talk without any kind of attraction of any sort Surely what was totally necessary, that two together with guarding his gaze, and on top of that still making istighfar. And that too, where there was, now the customer, a person has a business, so now a customer walked in, so now I used to serve the customer. But that's not just a time now to, well, take advantage of the situation, but I have to serve the customer. So now all that sweet talk that he never managed to ever bring up at home, where it was required, where he would have got sawab for it also. If it was done with the right niyat, he would have got rewarded for it too. Because he's talking to his lawful wife. There he forgot about it completely. And here where it was haram now, whether it was just for the sake of dunya, or whether it is now also side by side, and not just for the sake of dunya and earning a profit, Nafs will creep in there. It will be a double job. See, I make money also and take the haram pleasure as well. So nafs will come in. Now here he remembered the issue of talking sweetly. Which now was the trap of shaitan. And that was the way shaitan was now dragging him in. Now when this carries on in the workplace, here, there and everywhere. That is now neglecting this command of Allah Ta'ala where Allah Ta'ala said Wala taqrabu zina. don't get close to it this is already getting close to it now when he didn't fulfill what Allah Ta'ala ordered Wala taqrabu, so he has become taqrabu he has now started making qurb towards it Allah forbid the closer he gets to it the danger will rise the risks will become higher and then shaitan someday will do his job Allah protect us so this is not a minor thing, it's a very very serious and a very major issue. So, when a person restrains himself, now in this situation, he will be under this mujahada all the time. But when he will keep making this mujahada, that hadith of Rasulullah that was discussed one of the nights, that every time that he makes that mujahada, that heart might seem like it's going to break, but he didn't give in to that temptation he allowed that heart to break but each time it broke for Allah Ta'ala that sweetness of Iman that strength of Iman that Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala that Noor comes in the heart and that Noor on protecting oneself from Haram that exceeds the Noor of all the Nafil Ibadat that one Haram glance that a person protected himself from that has noor also and that one khatam of the Quran Sharif he made that has tremendous noor also 
But the noor of protecting himself from haram exceeds this noor greatly. Because that was farz and this is nafil. And the noor of farz is obviously at its own level. So each time now he continued making this mujahada and breaking his heart. Eventually this heart over time after repeated mujahada and like the person who is physically training over time he becomes an extremely strong person and what others find it almost impossible to do he can do it with ease that weight which others can't even dream of picking up and he is lifting it up with a few fingers what happened over time that mujahada that training so likewise this heart goes through that mujahada time and time again time and time again it might be months it might be sometimes years but eventually it becomes fitna proof this is the words of Rasulullah from the crux of the hadith sharif la tadurruhu fitnatun madamati samawatu wal ard one heart the category of heart Nabi Islam described it becomes white like marble wal akharu abyadu mithla safa Nabi Islam says that heart after that repeated mujahada it becomes shining white and together with that the example Nabi Islam gives is Mishla Safa like marble what is the quality of marble? stone like marble one is it is very very strong extremely strong now this is the noor that has been filled into the heart and now the heart has built up the shield above it so to say so now this noor got protected and that is very strong, the marble is very strong, nothing penetrates it. So likewise, now the fitna can't penetrate this heart. <coughs> then the other thing about marble is that it is so smooth, unlike many other surfaces, now you get some wood for example, very strong wood, wood is very strong. But the surface of the wood is the surface of the wood. If some liquid falls on it, it will absorb some of it. It will get wet, it will absorb some of it and some will go seep in. And then if it keeps getting wet and the rain keeps falling on it, it seeps in more and seeps in more gradually. It's strong wood. Can't just break it easily. But then it starts seeping in that moisture. Eventually it starts crumbling. But marble is such that if some liquid falls on it too, it can't seep in and very easily it is wiped off that wood you wipe it off but that stain still remains and then gradually it might dry off if there is sufficient heat, sunlight comes on it gradually it will dry off but that marble won't wipe and it's gone and any stain doesn't remain so easily on it also won't wipe and that stain is gone also meaning being in dunya still there will be some wasawis will come some effects of the environment sometimes, some dust might settle but this heart has become like marble fitna proof as a result istighfar will immediately wipe out any dust that settles very easily it will become cleared and that noor inside will be preserved, it won't get affected because this was just something that never happened deliberately, it was just something accidental but that small little traces that it might leave on the heart are easily wiped away and all those attacks of the fitnas that heart takes no effect 
Everybody else enjoying himself, he is spending time training. He says, no, I know what I'm working for. Then when he gets a gold medal now, he's showing everybody, I got the gold medal. But what's that gold medal in dunya? Besides boasting with it, what else do you want to do with it? Hang it somewhere and boast with it, that's all. What else do you want to do with it? Generally people don't even, it might be valuable, it might be gold, it's gold, so it's valuable. But people don't ever sell that. They might be hungry also, but they won't sell that to buy some food. Because that has to remain, that has to be boasted about. So what benefit it brought? What is okay if he sold it, he got the money for it, so now he used that, so chalo, he got some benefit. But generally people don't even tell this. So that gold medal is futile, really futile. If he sold it and got something out of it, then it was worth something. Otherwise just to hang somewhere, that was futile. But for that futile thing, this mujahada is made. And here it's priceless, the whole world can't come one fraction close to it. So for this one, to undertake the mujahada, it's a very cheap bargain. Very, very cheap bargain. But with that mujahada, now that heart becomes fitna proof. So this is the mujahada that we have to ready ourselves to undertake. Dear friends, practice on this prescription and see the effects for yourself. The heart will experience such sweetness of iman that as a result, the value for the kingdoms of the seven continents will perish from one's heart. Lama Abul Qasim Qushayri writes in his Risala Qushayriya that by the injunction of guarding the gaze, Allah Ta'ala has taken away the pleasure of the eyes, but in return he has granted the non-perishable sweetness of iman. Mullah Ali Qari writes, وَقَدْ وَرَدَ أَنَّ حَلَاوَةَ الْإِيمَانِ إِذَا دَخَلَتْ قَلْبًا La minhu abada. It has been narrated that once the sweetness of iman enters, enters the heart, it never leaves it. Mullah Qari further comments on this that fafihi isharatun ila basharati husnil khatima. This is the indication towards the glad tidings of death upon iman. This is a very very great glad tiding and a very great bounty that a person will make this mujahada. And he makes it to the point that the sweetness of Iman is acquired. This is a glad tiding, inshallah, he'll give with Iman. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala enable us to guard our gaze, our heart, guard ourselves from every sin, and keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.